Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! This is ridiculous. Truck goes to the lake. <laughs> My daddy's wiener is big as a Coke can. Cool story, bro. Hey, genius, it's, three, it's 2 p.m. Central. Morning. Why are you shaking like that? PG3 Radio. Nope. Here's your host, Josh Friday. I got a boner right now. Richard Rutherford. Our listeners probably want to hear more about this rat coat. <laughs> it's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mulliken, joined by my co-host and best friend, Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. How's it going, man? Are you fired up about today? I am fired up about today. You know, you don't realize how horrible your entrance is until you have somebody of higher stature on, right? Yeah, you get that magnifying glass on it and you kind of start... uh, That's going to look bad on us. Yeah, looking into the mirror, so to speak. Oh, well. How's it going, man? Uh, It's it's going, man. Uh, We've got a big show today. A big guest lined up for a little bit later. Uh, But, man... We got Christmas coming up, and I'm excited about Christmas. Are you ready for the holidays? Have you bought your wives something? I have not bought my wife anything yet. Did you say wives? Well, I was doing the P3 cookie commercial that we had. <laughs> have you bought your wives something? Have you bought your Ernie Lad here? No. Uh, so you haven't got your wife anything yet? Not yet, man. I'm I'm still kind of fishing around to see you know what her final choice will be in the gift department. But uh, I still got a couple more things to get for the kids as well. Oh, wow. We finished, luckily, we finished everything like that really early on. Uh, So earlier than normal for us. Uh, But, man, I'm excited about Christmas. And uh, I got a little bit of a Christmas gift this past week. It was me hitting this microphone really hard with my elbow. But I got a really good Christmas gift this week. Uh, I actually did some production for our friends at FRM, Front Row Material Podcast, with Mikey Whipwreck and... Jerry Lynn and Mike Freeland over there actually did a um, an audio intro. They didn't, you know, just being the opportunist that I am, I noticed they didn't have an intro, and I'm like, hey, try this, and threw something at them, and they liked it so much that they played it on their show. That is awesome. That makes me proud of you, man. Oh, well, you're you're really you. doing a good job. Can I get man. the gold star back on the uh, back on the fridge? It's still silver. Oh. It's going to stay silver. What will I have to do to get the gold star? <laughs> <laughs> I'll email you later. Stop, stop pointing at that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but no, uh, it's a big day for us. We have a guest that we've been trying to get on for a while, and it's just been one of those things when he's had time, we haven't been able to be here. When we've had time, he's been busy. It's just been it's just been chaotic, and we finally got him on. Excited to have him after the break. Josh, what's going on with you? What do you mean? Anything going on with you new? Well, just, you know, regular old BS, but... uh I mean, do you know something I don't? You're like, yeah. So did you get oh, that in the mail? Did you, you find out you're losing your house? You hadn't, Tax, gotten, the, uh... hadn't gotten the test results yet. <laughs> okay, cool. You kind of talk like you knew something, but either way. <laughs> well, if you're a wrestling fan, we, we know why you're here. It's because we have a great interview coming up right after the break. Josh, who should we hear from this week? Let's go with P3 Cookies. I'm in the festive mood. So after this commercial from P3 Cookies, we're going to be right back with... J E double F J A double R E double T. It's Ernie Ladd here, and I'm trying to ask you something. Are you prepared for the Christmas holidays? P3 Radio, Richard Mulligan, Josh Bradley. Are you ready 
for the Christmas holidays. Have you bought your wives and your children something? Well, I tell you what, I haven't bought them anything yet, but I might go to Edible Gifts Plus by going to our link, tinyurl.com slash p3cookies. They have all the edible gifts for special occasions, for holidays. Shop for shop by category if you go to the website and you're just reading right off of it. Uh, they have specialty treats. <laughs> they got NBC cookies. They, they do got, have NBC cookies. They got cookies. Facebook cookies. They, they, they got they, cookies that look like diseases. I'm telling you, they got all kind of Christmas cookies. They have great baskets and corporate gifts. It's basically what you want to do if you want to go there and get a baked good with something personalized on it. If you want to say Merry Christmas on a sugar cookie. You can get that at Edible Gifts Plus by going to tinyurl.com slash p3cookie right now. Save some money for the holidays. Don't go out. Don't spend your gas. Ernie? Definitely don't spend your trans money that you get from all the young boys that's paying you for all the trans from show to show. Now, let me ask you something. If I wanted to get a cookie that said Ernie Ladd on it, do you think I could get one from the ediblegiftsplus.com? I guarantee you could probably do that. I haven't researched too much about this sponsor. But I feel confident that you could, Ernie. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe maybe you should just go to tinyurl.com slash p3cookies, and you might get you a special gift. Maybe Ernie Ladd will come and sign some autographs for you. Go to tinyurl.com slash p3cookies now and say, Happy Holidays with Edible Gifts Plus. The Chosen One. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to P3 Radio. Josh Briley and Richard Mulliken here, and I'm excited. Josh, are you excited? I am super excited. Richard, do you know who we have on the telephone line right now? Right now, joining us on the P3 hotline, former heavyweight champion, former intercontinental champion, TNA founder, WWE Hall of Famer, and most recently, he was the 12th man at the most recent Titans game. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, joining us on the P3 hotline, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, thank you for being a part of P3 Radio. How's it going, man? Good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, I, I, I almost wish you would have led with uh, the, the latest 12th man of the Titans uh, <laughs> that um, was a part of a record-setting night. And Derrick Henry, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, it no. was a lot of fun. I, I will say that. It's fun for myself and, and my family and, and getting to see a lot of my my friends from Fox Sports uh, Television and, and obviously the, all the, the Titans gang and uh, the executives and, and stuff like that. So it was a fun night. It certainly was. And um, I guess I can now cross that off my bucket list, uh, being the Titans 12th man. Oh, that's awesome because I'm a huge Titans homer. And I was sitting there. I was pleasantly surprised to see you on there. It was like two worlds colliding for me. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but growing up in the wrestling business, as you did, uh, were you a fan of it? Was it like football in texas did you have to be a fan of it or uh was you not interested who were some of your favorites if you were a fan growing up well there's you know i'm one of five kids i'm the only one that got into the business full-time my sister dabbled in it for a couple of summers but but you know i'm the only one and my brother did just a little bit uh way back when but no i'm the only one that you know uh, you know pursued a career out of it uh actually wrestled and you know then um, help set up the ring and it just, you know, way back in the day, refereed and set up the ring. And my earliest job, uh, first job in the wrestling business ever was putting up window cards in small towns all over with my grandmother, all over Kentucky and Tennessee. So, um, I've always been, and, and to this day, um, 
if you call yourself a, a bigger wrestling fan than me, uh, well, you better back it up uh, because I do. I still love it today and love where the business is going and everything going on. And, man, it's it's never, ever, um, you know, now it depends on you can classify this and slice and dice it. But as far as complete awareness of the wrestling industry, it's never been bigger. Uh, you know, live events, uh, you can say they're doing better than ever uh, around the globe or you can slice it up. It, it just, it, there's so many different ways to look at it, but the business is very healthy. Uh, and uh, yes, I grew up in it, always loved it. And, um, you know, for, for, for as long as I can remember, um, I, I've been a huge wrestling fan. Well, with so many people in your family that was in the wrestling business, did you always know it was a work or is that something you just picked up on over time? Well, how old are you? 36. Okay, so so you know you're 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 just old enough probably to remember a little bit about uh, back in the day just how it's drastically changed. So uh, right. it was uh, you know I was raised in the business from you know uh, from the time I, you know like I said my earliest memories seven eight nine ten years old whatever it may be uh, we you you know the inner workings of the business were never discussed it you know it wasn't. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that was quote unquote completely hit for me. It was just specifically, but it was the nature. It's, it's how the business works. So, uh, you know, obviously at a young age, like all of us, you've been to begin to question and there's playground talk and school talk. And then at the matches and different, you know, you know, the older teenage boys and I'm a, you know, elementary school kid or a middle school kid. And you hear wrestling's this wrestling's that. And, you know, you just, you know, as time evolved, uh, like we all do, uh, I was no different. You sort of started putting two and two together and, and, uh, you know, I was obviously very fortunate that I was, uh, got to travel quote unquote the circuit and, you know, you'd see, um, you know, the same matches, maybe not identical, but you know, whoever it may be would be in this area. Uh, if you faced them on Tuesday, you probably faced them on Wednesday and, and, and you probably faced them on Saturday. So there's a lot of the same matchups. So you begin to piece together things. So no. Uh, a guy my age, uh, it, you know, you grow up around a business and, and it, it was protected and rightly so. Yeah. And to Josh's point, uh, Josh's grandmother, you know, we've talked about Danny Davis being his uncle. Josh's grandmother used to uh, make gear and tights and all kinds of stuff for the boys. And there would be times that he would come over like and he'd go, man, Bill Dundee was at my house. He lost a loser leave tail match last week. He's not supposed to be here. <laughs> but I think the nail in the coffin, Danny was running the OVW wrestling camp back in, I think it was 96. And Josh come home one day and he goes, nope, it's it's not what we thought it was. And we were like 11 or 12 at the time. And he said they, they were training them how to do everything. And it was just like, oh, my God. It was like finding out Santa Claus wasn't real or something. Or the Easter Bunny wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, with that being said, um, when I was six years old, I got into a little scuffle at school when uh, one of the kids found out who my uncle was. You know, he was in the wrestling business and he came up on me and, you know, started a fight or whatever. Did any of that ever happen to you? All the time. Uh, all the time. It was, you know, they, 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 you know, you get in little scraps, but then, you know, uh, whether you're on the football field or basketball court or whatever, you know, other kids, you know, it's just what happens. What is what kids do. So it's a part of the business. It, you know, my first year in the business, different guys, uh, as I look back on it, they made sure they laid it in. And, and my dad, uh, probably just as equally, he made sure the other guys laid it in. It's just 
the nature of the beast, and it's something that you know. Uh, I, I'm glad that I got to experience and go through, and it, it, it gives. It, it certainly gave me a different perspective uh, on 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 the business. And as I've gotten older, it, it you know human psychology uh, plays a lot into day to day life, and it's something that as I look back on, I learned at a very early age that, that, that some of those type things. When you were getting started, who would you say were some of the guys that helped you out when you first started wrestling? Well, you know, Tony Falk, I had my very first match. It mm-hmm. goes without saying. Uh, and I worked around the loop with him for, I don't know, month, two months, something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I got in the ring with, you know, Tojo helped me with selling early, in the, really, really early in my career. But to me, you know, one guy that I, as I sit here today and I look back on my career, um, for 18 weeks, uh, I count, somebody counted up. It's either 16 or 18 weeks, so four, four and a half months every night, uh, six, seven nights a week. Um, sometimes eight, wrestled eight times in a week. Uh, me and Belly, Travis, um, well, I had a multitude of partners. It was Pat Tanaka. But anyway, it was me against Akio Sato and Torres and Goto. Uh, but Sato sort of took me under his wing. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it, yes, it's on the job training, but man, it was so vital. Uh, for me to learn the basics of the business because every night after the match, um, you know, some were good, some were bad, some were in the middle. But but I certainly got to wrestle. You know, it, it's it's a it, when I look back on it, it's it's somewhat amazing. In four months, you know, um, so, so however many times, you know, over a hundred and something matches in a four month period against the same guy, sometimes single, sometimes tag. You can't help but learn. Uh, and, it, and it's something that nowadays guys get in the business. And again, that was in front of a live crowd and a different crowd, which was, you know, Nashville had its own personality and Louisville and Evansville and Memphis and spot shows and, and, and all that. Each crowd, you know, at an early age, I got, I was very blessed with the opportunity to, to know that this crowd's different than this crowd's different than this crowd. And it, it you, 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 you're, you're basically, um, you know, your ear, you know, a lot of times people don't even realize today uh, that there's a real certain amount of when you hear things out there, uh, how the crowd reacts and, 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 and not just when they don't react, but if they do react, how they react. So uh, I got I got lucky. I, I certainly got lucky to have that opportunity. But uh, there was a, there was a group of guys. But, you know, Akil Sato jumps out and Tony Faulkner's too. Well, you mentioned him earlier. uh do you have any good uh, Tojo Yamamoto stories that you could share? Uh, he had a special sauce that uh, he made, uh, you know, uh, I call it, you know, Hawaiian, uh, Japanese food, fried rice. Um, man, he, he was a great cook. Um, he was very, very, very much a stickler um, on, on not just selling, but how you sell. It's all in your face. Um uh, yeah, th- you know, there, there's story after story after story. You know, he, he tragically left this world and, um, you know, his pride. You know, we had no idea. Well, when I say we, my, my father had no idea how down and out Tojo had become. And, and he was a very, very private person. My dad was as close to him as literally anybody. And, you know, Tojo took his life and, and no one had any idea uh, just how um, – precarious and, 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 and bad the situation had come become for him. So, uh, but man, the, the good times I remember Tojo was running up and down the road and, and, um, 
he 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 was always the driver. He loved to drive. Uh, but you know, a unique guy and, and drew a lot of money in this area. You know, one of our tra- one of my trainers when I first started wrestling, and I was only in for about ten years. But uh, we've had him on the show before. It was uh, Superstar Bill Dundee. And in doing our homework, we found an old Memphis wrestling uh, video where you were refing a match, and Dundee was putting the boots to you pretty good. And I think he was part of the angle when you first started wrestling from refing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or he was part of that angle. What was it like working with Dundee at that age? Well, you know, Bill was – yeah, that was, um, it, that was the angle that transitioned me from – uh, and when I look back on it and, and how everybody involved in that, that, that angle uh, went on to play a part in my career in a long-term situation, and that's pretty unique in and of itself. But, um, but Bill was the heel, and, and, you know, I got to work with Buddy Landell years later, off and on. But, you know, Bill uh, was a guy who was really close to my dad and, and uh, a mainstay around here. He lived a quarter of a mile uh, for, from where we lived, so – obviously his son, Jamie, and, and, you know, we grew up in the business and, but, but, you know, that original angle was, uh, Dundee and Landell, uh, and then Dutch who, um, you know, throughout my career, it's been really, it's almost bizarre how our, our, our career paths, you know, from Tennessee to the WWF, uh, to Puerto Rico, to the days at TNA, me and Dutch have worked together off and on for years. And he was a part of that angle. And then obviously my dad, uh, and Lawler came back from a loser leave. So that angle and, and yeah, that, that sort of started things. And that's the very first, uh, angle I was in Memphis TV. I, I remember it and, and, and it lives on YouTube and, um, <laughs> but man, it was, um, you know, w- when I look back, just how good Bill and Buddy and those guys, I didn't know what I was doing. I was totally clueless. Uh, but those guys, uh, the, 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 the sensitivity and the emotion that came out of that was compelling. Uh, and, and to this day, um, it's that emotional attachment uh, to a character, to a talent, to a storyline, whatever it may be. It's that emotional attachment. That's what draw that, that, that sort of that, that that moves the needle. Whether it's a ratings point or a pay per view buy or a t shirt sold, um, whatever it may be, it, it, it's the emotional attachment. Uh, and if it's not there, uh, we don't have a business. Who did you like riding with from town to town early on in your career? Oh, gosh. Frank Morell's <laughs> right up there at the top. We traveled a lot of miles. He was the referee here. Uh, oh, Frank yeah. had, had, had been a wrestler for years and years and years and super successful. And, and you know, it came time where he transitioned from getting, uh, you know, uh, out of full-time wrestling into refereeing, and, and we did a lot of miles uh, probably out of the seven years I worked from 86 to 93, I was full-time uh, in my family's promotion. And probably all but about a year of that, I traveled with Frank almost daily. So uh, I don't think there's really a close second. Of course, I traveled with a bunch of different guys throughout those times. But uh, 90, 95% of the time, it was with Frank. You know, we uh, we've followed your career ever since you started. To be honest, we watched Memphis wrestling. Being from Jackson, Tennessee, we've watched Memphis wrestling uh, all the way up from when we were kids. Of course, you know, like with Danny's connection. Uh, but for most of all of 1991, you teamed with the Tennessee stud Robert Fuller. Whose idea was it to pair you two up? 
you know, what's, what's really cool about that, you know, obviously me and Robert got to work together uh, for the WWF as Tennessee Lee. Right. Uh, but my dad, uh, the, 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 we'll call it the Fuller Welch family. Um, and, you know, my dad's mentor was Roy, uh, which um, would have been Robert's grandfather. So the, the, our families had worked together and Robert had owned territories, obviously promoted him and his brother Ron. And uh, Robert ha- had an opportunity to come in, and he stayed around a couple of years. And, and Robert's another guy that, um, you know, uh, I talked about Akio Sato in the ring, uh, but as far as really traveling up and down the roads and, and working with me on different promos and, and stuff like that, you know, I always grew up watching Lawler and Lawler on Monday, I mean, on uh, Saturday morning TV and, you know, um, Dundee would, 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 would obviously rattle off some good interviews, but, you know, day in, day out, um, at shows, at TVs, uh, Robert was a guy. So, uh, my dad thought it would be a real good idea, uh, for us to team up and we did. And, and, it, you know, um, I first started out, uh, he was my opponent and, and Robert taught me a lot of, you know, just being around guys like that who had drawn, you know, and when I say draw money, not just themselves, they had been a part of booking, been a part of, uh, of, of, of multiple territories and seen things that work and didn't work. And just being in the industry uh, like Robert had, he was a third generation. He is a third generation guy, just like myself. So you take a guy like him, you can't help but learn from him if you just shut your mouth and open your ears. And Robert was that, that guy. So, you know, we wrestled each other and I had different partners and then we were partners and then we, you know, went up to, uh, to WWF. So, uh, my, my time spent around the Tennessee stud, uh, or Tennessee Lee, uh, or my man, Robert Fuller. <laughs> uh, I, I remember finally working with the WWF. Um, who came up with the country music star, double J persona? Uh, that, that, that's been answered. You got to, dude, you got to come up with something original, but I'll answer it for you. <laughs> no, it was a collaboration. Um, you know, Vince McMahon, uh, and still operates this way to, to, to this day. Um, you know, the buck stops with him, but, um, he knew I was from Nashville. I'd, I'd gone up and we'd done a couple of things as I was wrestling here in Tennessee as a baby face. Um, but, but I knew I wanted to be a heel. He certainly b- b- believed in that, uh, wanted that, uh, looked, you know, it, looked at my name and he said, spell your name. And we spelled it and played with it. And, and, and Bruce Pritchard obviously played a role, um, a major role in producing those, the original vignettes and just the country music singer. And that's me. I'm a huge country music fan. Um, uh, you know, never uh, planned on making music my career because wrestling, did come first. Uh, it was the family business, but uh, no, all that came together uh, somewhat organically. Uh, but then, you know, when you get, get into the DNA, the, the machine, uh, those days called the WWF, now called the WWE, uh, things become bigger and bigger and bigger uh, for life. And the the pinging of the gold tooth with the vignettes and, and the lighted up jackets and riding the horse to the ring and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the music video, hell, the damn song is um, is as popular today as it was back then. So it, 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 it that character, uh, was well-defined. I, I've said that recently on an interview, what made that character, um, you know, stick. And I've just said from the very beginning, it was very well, very well-defined. Uh, and, and that, that I'm, I'm certainly not taking credit. I got to give, you know, Vince and, and, and Bruce and, and a whole host of production, Kevin Dunn and, 
and David Zahadi did that video. There's so many people that went into to, to, to defining that character. Well, man, I, I tell you what, whatever it was about it, it really stuck with me because I swear to this day, if I'm ever, you know, researching a show and I got to look you up or I just see your <laughs> yeah. name, I don't just see your name. I see J-E-double-F-J, the whole spiel. <laughs> right. That's what I see. It, so, yeah, it, it really stuck with people. Now, when we had Brian on earlier, Jeff, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but when we had Brian on, we asked him this question, and we said – when we've got, we've asked actually a couple of guys that used to be back in the WWF days this same question. It all revolved around one guy that it came back to. Their same answer was this guy. So the question was, what was the best rib you saw? And it always reverted back to something Owen Hart did. And since you were the man that teamed with him for a long time in the WWF, we'll just ask you flat out, what are some good Owen Hart stories that you could share with us? Well, again, I always take this opportunity um, whenever I'm asked about Owen is, and I let others tell the rib stories because there's one after another, and I don't <laughs> think anyone's um, better than the other. Uh, you can watch my Hall of Fame speech on the WWE Network. I, I was, um, I thought that time was appropriate, and I was asked, and and um, I, I, I quite frankly, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, it was it was generally his his last major rib with Edge and Christian two young Canadians and we put rubber noses, <laughs> clown noses <laughs> right in the middle of a match. That was the, you know, the, the height of the attitude area and all state arena in Chicago sold out. And, and, you know, we're putting on big red rubber nose clown right in the middle of a match. And, you know, so <laughs> that was all Owen devised a hundred percent. So there's so many of them, but man, what a human being. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that, uh, uh, Martha uh, has commissioned a, a documentary that's going to be coming out next year. It's hard to believe it's going to be the 20 year anniversary wow. uh, anniversary of Owen's passing. So lots of rib stories, but I like to, to, to always focus back on just the human being, uh, you know, just I've never met a guy with more integrity and that's who he was husband, father, family, man, um, just all the way around. What a guy that Owen, um, you know, uh, what a guy Owen was. When we know you're running out of time here with us, Jeff, but I do have three more questions for you. I'll make them quick. Uh, who was? Where was the wildest crowd that you ever wrestled in front of? And I know there was this image on TNA Wrestling one time where I saw from Puerto Rico. I think it was chunks of concrete coming at you and hitting you in the face and the head and everything. So I imagine that was one. But where was the wildest crowd? And have you ever been attacked by a fan where you had to fight your way out? Um. Well. Mexico multiple times. <laughs> um, Puerto Rico's had some pretty, we, we did a, um, uh, my good longtime friend, Jeremy Borash played the role of a referee that night. Uh, and it was me against Ray Gonzalez. And, um, they thought Ray had won the NWA championship. Uh, and then on a technicality and rightly so I was, uh, awarded the belt back. And, um, that that and again, they're, they're, we're crossing paths. Dutch Mantel was involved in that. Um, uh, they 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 they, they were. Um, we stayed in the dressing room for quite some time after that. Uh, let the people empty out of the building because they were really hot that night. Mexico uh, on numerous occasions. I have um, you know obviously the my, we'll call it the WWF career, the WCW, TNA. Uh, but it's, you know, and, and, you know, there, there were times in, in WWF, WCW, as far as, you know, your heat as a heel goes up and down, but sustained heat over gosh, 15 years now, 
um, right. 12, yeah, shoot, longer than that. Yeah, however long it's been, 10, 15 years in Mexico. But, man, um, just this year, um, they um, – <laughs> They, uh, we were, they pelted us with everything. Um, and when I say us, me and Karen, but uh, back just this June, um, it was me and Ray Mysterio and Dr. Wagner. Uh, and uh, Ray was the champ, Way Wagner was a champion, and we did a finish, and Conan was evolved, and I became champion. And they were pretty rough. And a guy tried to get us right at, as I was uh, rolled out of the ring, right, be- right beside the ring, and then they threw a bunch of stuff. So, uh, man, it's, it's, um, it's hard to name one, but yeah, there's been multiple <laughs> circumstances in Mexico. Um, at, at, at j- just this year, uh, uh, the the I went back, uh, had a hair versus hair match this year, and the following TV we went to, uh, first time me and Wagner faced each other, uh, a guy tried to come uh, over the rail as I went to the ring. <laughs> so, um, uh, as as a performer, that's when you're doing something right, I believe. Well, we always like to wrap these things up by asking what your advice would be for a person wanting to get into the business. But let us we're going to put a different spin on this for our last question because there's all these rumors coming out about a new promotion starting up. We will just leave it nameless. Uh, but, you know, there's always somebody out there that wants to start up something that competes with the, 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 the upper echelon of wrestling organizations. And that has come out recently with certain superstars that have once, you know, that you once had in TNA. They're starting to look like they're going to put together a promotion what advice could you give to somebody that was wanting to start up their own promotion if they were looking to be successful? To start up a promotion? Yes. I want to make sure I'm answering your question. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and, and this is something that, that I, um, you know, for I'll just say from 2002 to 2009, it was a, a very, um, you know, was it all mapped out and planned out? Obviously no. But, but once we got on Spike and, uh, the, the direction we were headed is, you know, worry about your bottom line and only your bottom line and don't worry about anything else because, you know, um, the more productive you are and, and this t- today's climate is drastically different, uh, than it was even five years ago, mm-hmm. let alone 10 and 15 years ago. Uh, and you know, when you have the, I used to call them the, the, the you know, the, the, what I got the eight pound, 8,000 pound gorilla. Now it may be the 800,000 pound gorilla <laughs> with the WWE, it, you know, with the network and NXT UK, uh, they just got back from Chile, obviously NXT 205 live, uh, raw SmackDown, uh, you know, the, the, the hall of fame program, just everything they have, you know, they're the, the days of WWF and WCW and the Monday night wars that that's, that's, that's as archaic as basketball without a three-point uh, line. It, you're not going back to that. Right. Uh, uh, you, you're, you're just not. But uh, there is a lot to be said. Uh, you know, again, the, the industry, the distribution methods uh, have radically changed. You know, if, if, a, if a, you know, Spike TV, uh, you know, for, like I said, 2008, 2009, uh, we were the number one, we were the flagship show and we're, very, 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 very healthy business. Uh, you duplicate that today. That I don't think it's necessarily you get a spike deal that you're successful. Um, it certainly helps things, but but you know nowadays, and and you look at I'll call it other brands, um, even the super, super, super successful ones, and I'm talking about the NBA, the NFL, 
Um, the, the NHL, uh, Major League Baseball just got back from the winter meetings, and when you sort of hear the infrastructure and, God, you know, Major League Baseball, then you have all the AAA, AA, single A, rookie ball. There's so much going on. But when you hear how much the digital age is involved – and and now digitally, it's it's you know we all think of the real simple ones. Oh, that's YouTube and Netflix. It goes so much deeper deeper than that. So if you're starting from promotion, the digital age is uh, the 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 bullseye that 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 comes before anything um, because that is how uh, this generation and and it continues to evolve. Literally, you know, if not monthly and weekly, daily. <laughs> Uh, but it's 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 the all important um, how your product's going to be distributed, uh, and and you you're going to have to learn to cut through the clutter. The good thing is the wrestling industry's super successful. I go to Germany uh, next week and uh, got Mexico. I'm, I'm just came back from Scotland, uh, headed back uh, to the United Kingdom. Uh, got multiple trips lined up for next year. So it's an international business. Uh, lots going on from India to UK to, to, to Mexico and. Uh, several points in between, but but again, it 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 does sort of, um, you know, it used to be uh, TV in the 70s and 80s that you guys drew up on WMC. It was that Saturday morning time slot. Then we got into the Monday Night Wars, and and that was sort of the end all be all. And now it's it's digital age. So if you're starting a promotion, I know I gave you a long winded answer. <laughs> if you're starting a promotion, uh, your digital product is the most important thing, in my opinion. Well, he's been a champion everywhere he goes, former world heavyweight champion, intercontinental champion, WWE Hall of Famer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us today. Jeff Jarrett, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate it, guys. You have a uh, happy holiday season. Uh, for sure, be safe. And uh, let all your listeners out there, if you want to check me out on Twitter or Instagram, I'm at Real Jeff Jarrett. So hope you guys, uh, again, have a great holiday season. He speaks fluent Klingon, backwards. The best story he's ever told was to himself. Of the two women he slept with in his life, one fell asleep, the other thought he was someone else. Dogs take him for walks. He is the world's most semi-interesting man. I don't often smoke. But when I do, I only choose Vista Vapors. Visit them today at tinyurl.com slash p3vista. Keep it flavorful, my friends. When you go shopping for wine, do you look at the labels? Do you stare at the price and wonder if the wine is worth the expensive tag? Well, stop it, because Wine of the Month Club has you covered. Every month, Wine of the Month Club is going to send you two bottles of high-quality wine right to your front door. And what better way to say I'm thinking of you than a subscription to the original Wine of the Month Club for a friend or a sweetheart. Each month they'll be reminded of your thoughtfulness and will receive the monthly wine letter and newsletter binder. Recipes, wine knowledge, and great wine, and the opportunity to get more of their favorites is at hand. Give with confidence and joy knowing that you're a part of the original Wine of the Month Club. By the way, there are no dues, no fees, no hidden charges. Cancel any time with no obligation. Just pay no more than $23.96 plus shipping for two great bottles of wine. Go there now. Sign up by visiting our link, tinyurl.com slash p3wine. That's tinyurl.com slash p3wine. The Wine of the Month Club, the original wine club since 1972. 
Well, that's going to do it for us here at P3 Radio. Just still on Cloud9 right now that we had Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett on our show this week. Thanks to him for being a part of P3 Radio. Oh, yeah, man. Super nice guy. A thousand thanks wouldn't be enough. And if you're new to our show and you want to follow us on Twitter, Josh, how do they do that? We are at P3 Radio, the number one. And if they want to give us a call, leave us a voicemail, text message, what number do they call? 731-300-6675. Yeah, that's a 24-hour line. You can call at any time, leave us a voicemail, text, prank call us. We don't care. Whatever you want to do on that line. We might air it. You never know. Yeah, we might air it. You never know. But that's the ways you can reach us for more shows on our podcast. You can go to whatever you're listening to now. Type in P3 Radio and look up our interviews with superstars like Bill Dundee, Headbanger Thrasher, Mikey Whipwreck. Conrad Thompson Conrad twice. Conrad Thompson twice. Super Bowl champion Jabari Greer. Uh, two-time Olympic gold medalist Summer Sanders. So the interviews are there. Go and check those out. You might like those if you like this one. We appreciate you listening tonight to P3 Radio, or if you're listening to the in the daytime or mid-afternoon, say around brunch. Whenever you're listening to it, we appreciate it. But for Josh Briley, this has been Richard Mulligan saying thanks once again for listening to P3 Radio. Thanks once again to Jeff Jarrett. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been P3 Radio. I'm going to say it one more time. P3 Radio, Josh. Say it with me. P3 P3 Radio. Radio. Good night.